0: This is America's web. This is America's the best in chat radio, designed just for you.
1: Welcome. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Follow us on Twitter at Lawyer Liz. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Search Lawyer Liz on iTunes and other streaming services. And while I am an attorney with the Atlanta office of Hall Booth Smith. Buzz off is not legal advice, instead. It is merely a look at the Internet of Things, drones, driverless cars, and all of the technology buzz in between. So, welcome. And as we've been talking about with the past couple of shows, we spent a little bit of time looking at elections, and then we talked with security expert Rob Graham on the DDoS attacks that of course crippled the internet or those who were playing around on various music streaming and other sites. But we had the elections come in and caused what best can be said is a seismic shift in, of all things, technology policy. So where we're going today is talking a little bit about what's ahead and where do you go when an entire industry save a couple of people bet on the losing horse and yeah, it's one thing when it's horse racing but it's a whole other thing when that horse gets to select and craft in this case if you look at what's affectionately referred to in dc or inside the beltway as the plum book but when you're responsible for filling through your administration and other appointments over 220 pages of various positions all throughout the country and the world it you have a little bit of impact on how things are going to be run in their transition team so we'll take a we'll take a look at that and talk about how guest today rob graham has joined me again where rob and i kind of see some of that going its impact as well as one of the big things that came out of the election season was fact checking i felt like that was the buzzword you heard even uh hillary clinton was fact checking during the debates live as uh, now president-elect donald trump was making statements but What does that mean? And with the recent push by Facebook, Google, and some of the other online media sites and social networking sites to ban fake news sites, who gets to decide what is fake and what impact does it have and should it have a chilling effect if it does? So fasten your seatbelts. That's what lies ahead. For today's buzz off with lawyer Liz. And as we were going on air and as this show is being recorded, one of the things that's going on in DC is that House Commerce Committee, one of the subcommittees, is holding a hearing looking at, well, the Internet of Things and the DDoS attack that took out the DEN, um, excuse me, DYN group. And their services and the call from some of the witnesses and the testimony is that the government government needs to step in and regulate the quote unquote internet of things that building in and requiring security implementation at the onset and that can be quite an interesting take because as we've talked about before what is the internet of things and when it's everything from a coffee maker to a connected security camera they're not all connecting in the same way and rob welcome to the show hi (laughs) one of the things you so eloquently highlighted for us when we were talking about the massive web outage was that the firewalls don't always hit, that it wasn't really connected devices, that the Internet of Things that caused the crash or the botnets, it were the devices that weren't connecting through the typical fashion.
2: Right. So if you read today's testimony, it was from a well-known Internet security expert named Bruce Schneier. But if you look at the testimony, it's it does there's really no internet security expertise involved in that testimony it was basically the same sort of thing that any high school student can come up with as policy wise and the policy wise is oh my god the iot the internet of things is coming and the government should do something about it and that's all his testimony was the technical details he gets are as you said are wrong the botnet that happened several weeks ago was cameras that are outside the firewall because cameras are often in remote locations where they have a dedicated internet connection so there's no firewall there's just one device so they're outside the firewall the coming internet of things though like your refrigerator toaster um, your oven your dishwasher all these th- or your heart monitor or your car all of these things are behind firewalls so it's not the same threat. The, they're using one attack that for something that's essentially unrelated to this Internet of Things in order to encourage Internet of Things regulation.
1: But if the experts, quote unquote, you and those who should be in the know can't even agree on approaches, how are we going to expect members of Congress who need to be experts on thousands of things and rely on such testimony? How are we going to expect them to be able to craft it
2: people in congress and washington dc understand what what the word expert means Um, they know that they already know that people like bruce Schneier are pushing their personal political left-wing views and not actually looking at the technical problem they it's just one person invites their expert to go fight against some other expert and they know that experts really aren't objective on this they're they're not fooled by the expert testimony they know Schneier is a left-wing person who wants regulation so they're not they're not fooled and so when it goes through congress they'll see both sides and they'll get experts on both sides and they won't so should they have should
1: they have almost a gladiator battle bot style where you have your testimony and your opinion and they bring it and you get to battle battle it out i mean i think that might help cut through some of this
2: Well, it'll pretty much just come down to the fact that republicans control Congress right now are unlikely to want to, like, kill the golden goose, unlike the Democrats. So so they're unlikely to do the IOT regulation, which is a good thing, regardless of what experts on either side say.
1: Well, and that brings up uh, when the experts are coming in and we're filling those cabinet positions. I say we, the presidential uh, transition team, how are they going to – I mean, you don't have very – they don't have a very deep bench to pull from when most of Silicon Valley, well, in some cases, hosted PSAs to get out the vote and not so subtly uh, vote for a different candidate. I mean, it's no love lost.
2: Well, there's the presidency, than there's Congress. So Trump right now is kind of finding it difficult to to, to deal with the transition because he didn't have that. He's an outsider. That's why people voted him in. So he's got the outsider problem of not having enough contacts in Washington to fill those, all those positions.
1: But is that a bad thing? Oh,
2: well, it's, it's a thing. But <laughs> we also have Congress here. We have Paul Ryan in charge of Congress right now. And um, Congress is the one who makes all these laws. So... We we, yes we tend no. to give the, well, Congress in recent years has given a lot of power to the presidency. They shouldn't have given up, but uh,
1: well, the, and that that kind of brings in with the FCC and net neutrality that some would argue the White House had a very strong hand in shaping that. I mean, after a meeting between Google lobbyists and the White House, suddenly 13 pages disappear. I think it was 13. But several pages disappear from the recs before publication. So you raise a good point of the White House having a a deep reach within the agencies. Do you see that being the case now, or do you think Congress is going to rein that back in a little bit?
2: Well, I'm hoping that Paul Ryan and, and Donald Trump don't get along. And therefore – You're
1: hoping that they don't.
2: Because therefore, um, they'll do. Congress will do what they should have done a long time ago, which was to take power away from the presidency. When Obama got into power – when Bush got into power, Congress gave him a lot of power. When Obama came into power, Congress gave him a lot of power. But did and they? Now, did they
1: try to fight it a little bit?
2: I don't think so. So I think I'm, – I'm, I'm hoping that Ryan is annoyed with Trump and then takes away the power from the presidency that the presidency shouldn't have.
1: So we're going to, in essence, the gridlock is good.
2: Well, something like net neutrality is a significant enough policy position that it should be done by Congress and not by a a bureaucrat working for the federal, uh, for the president.
1: Well, and with some of the information that was coming out and how some of the policy is crafted and especially public opinion of the same, it's based on the information you have in front of you. And so, be it an expert providing opinion or the online research that you're conducting, your news feeds of various social media accounts, or I mean, I admittedly, I'll go to Twitter if I think something is happening to see what the masses are saying. And to some degree, you hope that I have not created an echo chamber that I have allowed in or I'm going to unbiased media sources or other things, but that's not always apparent or the case. And I think there's some pushback. I mean, that's some of the I don't know, uh, commentators in, you know dissecting the election of how did we get to where we are? Well, everyone was in echo chambers that you weren't listening to the other side or weren't listening to anything other than your friends. So if that's what I'm doing or that's how I'm receiving my information and my news, then is it a bad thing if Facebook and Twitter and some of the other sources limit or get rid of the fake news sites?
2: Well, you know, I've been on the Internet for a long time, and we won't discuss ages right now. But back in the day... How long
1: has it been? Did you have to use a ten can to dial up...
2: Back in the day, we had this idealistic view.
1: For those listening, Rob is very much rolling his eyes at me. So, mission accomplished and very early in the show. Excellent.
2: So, we had this idealistic view of the Internet would make information available to all. And that's not coming true these days. The information that people have is bad information. And... We, we've got all the information there, just people aren't looking. People are satisfied that as long as it's wrapped up in some way that agrees with their prejudices, then that information must be true. And they don't challenge it. They don't look for the original source. Um, and it's not a flaw of the, what is now being called fake news sites, which means right-wing news sites, by the way, because right-wing is all fake and left-wing is all true. Um... It's um, it's pervasive throughout everything. Um, so during this election cycle, I've been going through looking at PolitiFact, which are fact-checkers who, as everyone knows, Trump lies and, and Clinton tells the truth. So uh, I've been looking at the fact-checkers. I'm not sure whether they're really biased against Trump. They're just more biased against a certain version of where truth comes from. For example, one of the statements uh, is that Trump claims the Chinese manufactured uh global warming as a hoax.
1: Well they evidently did because Georgia is currently on fire. I mean, but that is not global warming. So hold that thought. We're going to jump to a commercial break and we get back to talk about how a global warming is a hoax created by the Chinese.
3: on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world.
4: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
5: And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected.
0: The best in chat radio, designed just for you.
1: Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. And we're going on a policy rant, so to speak, today, rather than actually looking at the technology itself. And my guest, Robert Graham, was telling us before, on fact-checking, the Chinese government apparently was to blame for global warming. Right. I like this. So... Somebody has to be to blame.
2: So in the debates, you know, Hillary Hillary was often talking point on Hillary's dumb speech and during the debates, saying, "Hey, um, uh, Trump thinks that Chinese made up global warming as a hoax in order to make our manufacturing less competitive." And so the fact checker says that's true, and the reason is is because Trump did indeed tweet that like three years ago. But you look at the context of the tweet, and it's obviously sarcasm. He tweeted other things like, global warming is great because I like the warmer weather. That's obviously not what he believes as well. I mean, you can't believe both that's a hoax and that's a good thing because they can't both be true at the same time. So obviously...
1: Except for when you own resorts that rely on warm weather. Right, like
2: he's got this golf course in in Ireland. Obviously, he wants global warming.
1: And less rain.
2: So uh, so the point is Is that this is obvious sarcasm Or at least it is to me um, And whether a fact checker can fact check sarcasm Trump claims it's sarcasm um, his, his followers believe it's sarcasm But it's not something you can fact check really And say that's true or false It's yeah he made the tweet But it's Possibly sarcasm is all you can say about. It. You can't say that it's true that Trump believes that global that the Chinese created this as a hoax.
1: You mean he didn't have um, bracket sarcasm end br- close bracket in the tweet?
2: Yeah, I never do that one. I do my sarcastic tweets. So,
1: but, Rob, we never take you seriously anyway.
2: So the, my point is is that we've gone down this idea of facts and truth where there's no facts or truth to be found. Yes, I, I can say things about the unemployment statistics are 4.9%, blah, blah, blah. Those are numbers. We can fact-check those. We can't sh- fact-check things like, was, was Trump sarcastic or serious about that tweet?
1: Well, and one of the things that I found interesting is a reporter for, and I'm triple-checking, who, a correspondent for the Vice uh, series on HBO, uh, tweeted out... Uh, this morning when the show or excuse me the evening uh prior that said on the phone with facebook pr and they literally asked me quote what is truth end quote which i think just perfectly highlights when the media is asking facebook on their policy well okay the response is well what is truth are we back to a definition of what is is i mean this is a repeat of a prior presidential uh well, term. truth
2: is is the facts that agree with you. So, um, Facebook, you know, there really is a real problem of people uh, tweeting and retweeting and, and posting on Facebook um, bad information. Like yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Breitbart News had this uh, map of America where it said, like, in the red parts, Trump won the the popular vote. That's all of America except for the little bit of. California and the Northeast
1: well coasts. and close to around Atlanta
2: so uh, so and yeah I guess it's true that's all it's just it was a made-up diagram and it's it, it's highly distorted facts and it's the sort of thing that we agree with if, it, if we agree with it we post it if we don't we point out the flaw in it and either way we're not really critical thinking because we don't of course point out the flaws for our own stuff. It, when 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 left wingers do the, the the exact opposite, we of course do the exact opposite, and we can see the flaws in the right wing, and uh, they can't see the flaws.
1: but if I add a disclaimer to my Twitter profile that retweets do not equal an endorsement uh aren't I covered? So
2: the problem is not the people repeating it, it's the people who read it and and turn off their critical thinking skills. It's like John Stewart. John Stewart for many years had a very funny TV show called The Daily Show, and where he would deliberately do things that were extremely funny, like juxtaposing uh, one statement made earlier with the current statement by the same politician made now, where they they're the they're the opposite. That's really funny because politicians are liars, and we all know that. So it was a very funny show, but it was also very left wing, horribly left wing biased, and we should know that and and not treat it as truth. John Oliver has the same thing right now, where it's a, he has a funny show. It's extremely funny in some places, but again, it's the the left wing distortion of truth, just as distorted as that Breitbart piece I mentioned before. Yet people retweet these and forward them on Facebook as if they're truth. And they, oh, everyone should go watch what John Oliver said about blah because it's oh man, it's so truthful, and and it's not. It's 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 deliberate distortion for amusement.
1: But thank goodness, as the LA Times has an article on today uh, pointing out that there is a college professor at, and as I'm looking, Merrimack College in Massachusetts, she has a publicly available Google Doc that lists out all of these fake and false websites and news sources. So we're saved.
2: Yeah, and they're all, of course... Fake and, and false, mean that they're all right wing. Actually, there's a couple of left wing things in there. So she, there's like token left wing stuff there in order to then attack the right. But but the fake news sources aren't the problem. It's it's the real news sources. For example, the New York Times last year had a story about how um, Trump was going to cause Trump wanted a policy where he wants to register every Muslim in America. So if you're a Muslim, you have to go to a government office and register yourself as a Muslim as the policy now that of course sounds very much like the Nazis having Jews register themselves so of course it's a very bad policy and we all should be outraged against that and if you look at the the source of that news it's true after a fashion Trump was asked a reporter approached Trump in a loud room and asked would you support this policy But and Trump said yes I support the policy but Trump didn't hear the question he, what he was really doing was just, I don't hear the question, it sounds something about Muslims, so I'll just go to my normal talking points, and that's how we answer the question. So he, that wasn't a Trump policy, it was the reporter's policy, and he tricked Trump into confirming it. And that was the New York Times. So that's fake news. And I saw that on my, my Twitter feed, all sorts of people retweeting that. But when you looked at it, it was fake news.
1: Well, and one of the things that errata security in your blog post and through some of your research, and you and David Maynard have highlighted how you have to be careful of certain uh, certain information when you're finding it online. That, oh, well, the IP address or different things can point, different data points can be misleading. So, kind of falling into that it's information sources matter and being willing because there was the map and i don't know how many times i saw it retweeted and admittedly wrote an article about it that y'all kindly published uh, saying you know oh the and i forget the hashtag you know trump wins after the debate started in russia and they posted to it a, a map that showed that all the network traffic was coming from Russian sources, and it was completely faked. The map itself, or the original site quoted to, does map some of that information, but even that information can be tricked. I mean, how do you decipher through all of that when you've done initial checks? It's a legitimate – they're citing a legitimate source, but the information has been – falsified and then retweeted thousands upon thousands of times, the oops, my bad doesn't always get retweeted as much.
2: Well, of course, corrections never get retweeted. Only the stuff that agrees with you gets retweeted, not the stuff that points you in error. So yeah, we do a lot of that. We look at the internet and and where sources come from on the internet, whether it's email headers or web logs or all sorts of stuff. Um... From our point of view, hacker attacks getting attributed to the right actor is, is a big thing that gets done wrong. Like um, Sony, a couple of years ago, was a, was attacked by North Korea, and you look at that, and you look at, for example, the uh, reliable news source that the, of the New York Times. The New York Times quoted unnamed administration officials to, to promote the idea that it was North Korea to, that was to blame for the Sony attack. And what that really was, was people inside the government, different departments, jockeying against each other for funding.
1: Wait, and what, everyone wanted to be Beltway ballers?
2: And it, it was Cyber Command that wanted more funding to accelerate their program. And so if North Korea is to blame, Cyber Command gets more money.
1: It takes cash to be a baller.
2: And... <laughs> So, um, And the New York Times goes along with this. The New York Times trades access for, uh, they'll, they'll prosecute the journalistic principles in order to get access to the right sources in Washington so they can create these stories that no one else can of senior administration, anonymous senior administration officials says blah. And only they can write the stories because the senior administration officials know they can just pump propaganda through that channel. And that's the legitimate news source that creates then the story of North Korea has attacked Sony.
1: Well, and so when I shake my attribution eight ball or roll the attribution dice, how do you fix that? I mean, ultimately, people want to know who, what, when, where, how, why.
2: Yeah, but but they can't know often. So, But
1: that's not acceptable, Rob. We have to have someone to blame. We have to have a witch to burn.
2: Right. And so the answer that we have in, in cybersecurity is that we look at the attribution, and the answer we come up with is we don't know. and that's never an accessible answer and it's weird because you we, we watch that even on the smallest data breach a small company will help they they got a website their website hacked and they want to know who and they always have suspicion like well it's maybe it's this guy this former employee that we fired six months ago or it's this competitor that we, really doesn't like us and they find all sorts of information that leads in that direction and it all looks very truth but that's just it's this bias they have a confirmation bias to see all the evidence that agrees with them and none of the evidence that doesn't to to promote their pet theory and then we find out later it's like no some sys admin made a mistake and reconfigured something wrong that was the, that was the flaw and it's not their pet conspiracy theory
1: so how do we battle confirmation bias in the context of people demanding that fake sites get taken out or in this case google not you know take those fake sites out of their ad uh Metrics and try to fight the clickbait.
2: Well, I think it's a good thing of Google to fight the clickbait. But that's going to be all clickbait. It's got to be redstate.com as well as um, BuzzFeed. You know, Buzz. There's no more clickbaity thing than than BuzzFeed.
1: But do they play a role? And so we're going to jump to a commercial break. And when we get back. You know, what do you do with the tabloid uh, magazines and those things? Is there a purpose? And should we control that? But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio.
4: The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
3: This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how you can get the skills and equipment
4: you need to protect the ones that you love. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. U.S.J.F., a non-profit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the U.S.J.F. a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support U.S.J.F. as they support you.
3: This is Skip Coriel host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world.
0: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: So Welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host Lawyer Liz chatting with Robert Graham and we're talking about well a broad range of fake news sites, attribution and general technology policy direction as we as the United States gets ready to have a I don't know if it's a draining of the swamp because well a lot of Congress stayed uh, but at least a draining of the White House. And one of the things we were talking about before the break were the difficulties with attribution and kind of how do you deal with, is it sarcasm or not? And what that confirmation bias, because as I found out from watching Saturday Night Live uh, this past week, that if I shout out Wu-Tang Clan, that does not make me a member of the Wu Tang clan and I'm very disappointed because there are several different uh, rap families I may have wished to, to declare myself a member of. But so Rob, if I go on Twitter or another social media site and I shout something that should be able to tell it sarcasm, but somebody doesn't take it as sarcasm have I just opened myself up to an FBI secret service investigation, or do I need to step down from my company? Because you should know, just because I've declared it, I am still not a member of the Wu-Tang Clan.
2: So you, you bring up uh, several competing issues. So, uh, sites like Google and Twitter and Facebook, they want to have quality information. They're not interested in censorship as such, but they want to have quality information. They do they
1: want quality information, or do they want cat, cute cat memes?
2: Google wants good results. Um, Twitter wants to avoid the harassment that happens on Twitter. They have a legitimate reason that if one person on Twitter is driving away ten customers, then they're losing business. And there's a legitimate reason to to want to to clean up their, their sites. The problem is, as you said, that there's a difficulty understanding what sarcasm and what is actually legitimate things that you might want to remove. Um, just yesterday or today, they got rid of a lot of alt-right accounts. And some of them were, it's possibly legitimate because they were involved in a lot of abusive behavior. Some other ones, though, were clearly just sarcasm. Uh, like Pax Dick- Dickinson, for example, is someone I, I know. And his account was removed for st- for, um, for statements that were clearly sarcastic and not abusive.
1: Well, and that gets back to the clearly to whom?
2: Clearly to me. That
1: did he for- he forgot the bracket sarcasm close bracket?
2: Well, it, it, yeah, it wasn't quite sarcasm as such. It was clearly that it, the things he's not serious about is this. He's using rhetoric in a way that well, people use rhetoric. So, and it's obvious again to one if you don't have already a, start, a starting bias. And it's been so indoctrinated to anyone who goes to school or lives in, on the left coast or you know West Coast Silicon Valley that there are certain things that you just don't are are bad and evil and should be censored by. You know, right? That people haven't looked into the more in depth of like, is that really a censored thing?
1: And when we're talking about these privately, or at least non publicly held, and when I say public, non government entities—they're not government controlled. It is not an action of the government. We haven't tripped up free speech. Well, we haven't
2: tripped up Ms. Lawyer. uh, We haven't tripped up the First Amendment, but. Free speech doesn't always mean just the First Amendment. When you say censorship, I can mean a local, privately run company that decides it's going to censor something. It's still censorship. And it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's legal because they're private. Twitter can, can do this. It's private. It, they can censor things. Exactly. Yet censorship is against American values. We believe in in free speech, be able to say whatever we want, and not being censored for that speech. And that's what happened with with Pax Dickinson. Um he by the way he's famous for he was a, a co-founder of businessinsider.com and he was then fired for tweets he made before we started the company. Again, sarcastic tweets, clearly sarcastic, but yet ones that people disliked and so he was fired. That was like 5 years ago.
1: Should it make a difference if I go back and delete them, or later retract them, or I mean, once it's out there, it's out there forever.
2: Well, no the the, the correct solution is to fall on your sword and apologize and say how wrong you were, how you've gone to to left wing uh, uh, indoctrination re education class. You've gone to Siberia and been re educated and now understand. Can
1: those? I was Your, 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 your faults. Can those classes be held in a tropical location with wine therapy? I mean, I think that would be.
2: Well, yes, if you're from Hollywood, yes.
1: Excellent. Good to know. Because that's one of the the jokes I heard were people laughing, going, yes, suddenly you're going to see a big push for Google to revisit the uh, wiping out your prior comments, that if you had been on the Never Trump train and shouted all kinds of insults to his intelligence, heritage, uh, you know, lineage, genealogy, or any of that, you should be able to delete it because it's going to be very awkward when you show up for a meeting at the White House and that's still there.
2: Well, in Europe, they have the inst- forgotten, institutionalized the right to be forgotten, right forgotten where it's now a right in Europe that you can go to Google and have Google remove results, and that's bad. I personally was on the never Trump train and said bad things about trump because i don't like him and i expect that when i if i ever go to washington like you know i have to go to some sort of cyber policy meeting in washington which i've gone to before under the obama administration
1: because yes you have been one of the leading voices of sanity on some of these cyber policies so what you're saying is we're screwed
2: well i never liked obama either and it's quite clear that i'm a republican so so they 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 excuse me for for, for opposing Obama. I, if Trump stays at a high level and doesn't get involved in the bureaucracy, then they'll still be the same way in Washington, hopefully, the next time I go.
1: Oh, no, you're on a list, Rob. It is, gosh, what are we going to do? But do you have a right to have that be forgotten? Of course not. And should some of these CEOs or, in some cases, Hollywood actors and actresses who have promised to, quote-unquote, move out of the country, you know, move to Hawaii now that Trump is in office, do we hold them responsible for that? Or couldn't you tell that with sarcasm?
2: Well, some people would get to hold responsible. CEOs are they don't have private opinions if you're an employee of a company yes you have a private opinion you don't speak for the company and you can say that as part of your twitter feed if you're the ceo of a company though you have a duty to the company you no longer are a private citizen that has no relationship to the company you can just get hired and fired or whatever you now represent the company you are the company it can be assumed any opinion you have is your company policy uh, that, that's what having an O on your name means as an officer. Is like officer means duty. You have duties that just the normal rank and file do not have. And it's one thing that kind of bothers me about the left wing is they do have the idea that CEOs are just some sort of drone class that just sort of sits on the top of the hierarchy and gets all the benefits and has no costs or no no duties to their their activities.
1: In fact, don't you have insurance to cover? what, you know, missteps of your board or your officers?
2: Yeah. So, so no, but... It's should just, I be
1: upping my... If I'm a company, am I upping my uh, directors and officers policies? Or do I clarify? Do I have meetings with them to say guys as a, and gals as a reminder?
2: They shouldn't need a the reminder. They should know their duty already, or they're not officer material.
1: Well, we, we've seen
2: this, pattern. by the way, in my, in my own industry, we've seen... Uh, people pursue their own personal agendas as, as officers of companies and gotten fired for it. And people complain like, oh my god, Microsoft is cracking down on the security expert for saying bad things about Microsoft. No, they were an officer of a company. They got fired because they were saying bad things about their largest customer.
1: Well, and that is a good point. You accept some of that limitation but when you start accepting the responsibility and the paycheck right. and the benefits that go along with it.
2: It's like officers in the military. They can't you know, speak out against their commander in chief.
1: Well, which is going to be quite a fascinating ride as that continues because one of the things that folks were decrying today is oh my gosh, what are we going to do as the president is looking and his transition team are looking to fill these positions when the only technology depth you have on your bench is Peter Thiel? I mean, it, it makes it difficult to find friends and allies who know what they're talking about. And some would say, does he know what he's talking about?
2: Well, I don't know. Uh, as I said, you know, the reason that people voted Trump in, into power was because he was an outsider. And so how do you find thousands of outsiders you need to manage the, to be on top of the bureaucracy? It's a tough job. And w- what we get these days is sort of a minute by minute play of like as soon as Christie's out, then, oh my God, he's out. And then we all gossip about that. And then someone else is in and gossip about that. And he still hasn't actually named his official appointments yet. And so we kind of like to just give him time because whatever's happening today, now, and this week on the, this whole transition team is like the election was just like. It, you know last I last week I, I we were count yeah. so good but I think it was only last week <laughs>
1: math math is hard Rob <laughs> math really is hard. so um,
2: he's got until January 20th before he's sworn in and so
1: and even then you have your first hundred days that you're expected to accomplish big things but
2: make mistakes and blah 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 and so and, and so the, again, it goes back down to this narrative of in fact checking, as we were cherry picking the facts that we want out of this whole transition team. Like, you know, the people that we get to hear the news, of course, are the ones that are then on the outs. Oh, they were just left the transition team. They go immediately to the press and start talking. So we get the viewpoint of the transition team of all of the malcontents who are ousted. we And the people who are on the inside, of course, stay quiet. So we have this one-sided view of what's going on in the transition team.
1: So now, and one of the things that also came to mind was Saturday Night Live received a lot of pushback, as always, during their election cycles. I mean... to some degree people will still try to tell me that Sarah Palin said you can see Russia from her backyard and I'm thinking well kudos to SNL for delivering and Tina Fey because that did and Gerald Ford you know one stumble and suddenly was it Chevy Chase who did the impression constantly constantly and you saw some pushback in their portrayals of Hillary and certainly in you know portraying Donald Trump, but is there some liability? Should there be, I mean, from a lawyer, I'm always thinking, okay, who's going to get sued? Who, who did this? Who did that? And is there, if you get your Twitter account removed because you've been flagged as fake news or offensive, is there some recourse if that was an income stream or how you, you know, build your public profile and persona and suddenly your revenue starts taking a hit because they've flagged you as offensive or uh, fake news should you be able to sue or is that the risk of doing business on an open platform like
2: that Google gets sued all the time when people are unhappy with their search results like one day they're up on the top of the search results and they're they're trying to game the system they hire these search search engine optimizations
1: well I was going to say we're going to have to game the system right after this commercial break
5: Oncall.org, or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
4: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
3: This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world.
0: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, chatting with Robert Graham. And Rob, right before the break, you were talking about search engine optimization and how Google gets sued. So
2: so search engine optimization is part of this whole thing, of this whole alt-right, fake news sort of thing. In that same sort of swamp is uh, search engine optimizations. Every company does it, and it's, it's, it's a huge business where you try to game the system to get Google to have you as the top results for Google searches, and so people come to your site, and people base their entire businesses on it. When Google changes their rules to sort of stop that nonsense and actually give good results, then their business goes away, and then they sue Google.
1: Well, and so with some of these companies for, or websites that perhaps are listed on this professor's uh, list, if such a list becomes taken as gospel, what happens then? Do they have recourse against the professor? Or do you blame Google for putting... Well,
2: no. A free for society, it's still all free. And Google's allowed to do that, to, to downrate those, those sites. Uh, Twitter's allowed to, to ban them, and that's a good thing. But, of course... Then we're, then we're then likely to like boycott Google and stuff and maybe use alternative sources for news.
1: Well, I mean, what are those really our only options? When I mean, I can't tell you how many people in my Twitter feed and in my Facebook feed say, well, I had to mute or unfriend or unfollow all these folks during the election because I didn't agree with what they were saying, but it just got to be too much.
2: Well, I'm a libertarian, which means I, I disagree with all you people. So if I, if I did that – You that, hate
1: everyone equally.
2: Then i have a Twitter feed of maybe five people, five other libertarian wackos just like me, and that would be it. But so it, we, we have to learn. It's a part of the American principles is that, yeah, you have your grandmother or your relative or a friend of a friend or even a friend that has diametrically opposite opinions to you. Deal with it. And accept them as a reasonable person You know, Everyone is reasonable We have this um, notion now That one, it's, one half of the country Is virtuous and pure And wonderful And the other half is just a bunch of villains That we just cannot tolerate No, if that's your world view There's something wrong with you Everyone is equally virtuous, which does to mean they're also equally non-virtuous. Everyone is equally reasonable, which means also equally unreasonable. And if you can't get along with someone with diametrically opposed opposite political views, then it's your problem and not theirs. You shouldn't be uh, unfollowing them. You should be unfollowing the universe.
1: Well, and it, it comes into kind of circling back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this show is where does the government's role fall in? Where does regulation, which is forced compliance, forcing you to be nice to your neighbor, perhaps against your will, or forcing you to fact check or question, but where does that role play into technology that isn't always black or white and that attribution is hard?
2: Well, as a libertarian, as I said, m- my view is that the government should stay out of that. So, government, you, they, they want to pass all sorts of anti bullying laws, anti cyber bullying laws. Well, what's cyber bullying? Well, you know, that's free speech most of the time.
1: I say you can't legislate stupid.
2: The thing is, is that everything that you have, like, there's some legitimate cyber bullying that goes on. And that, you know, because kids are really, kids are awful people. And so, uh,. <laughs> They're little tyrants. <laughs> they're the little tyrants. They're just really, really nasty. Yeah, your own kids are like you know smiling and cute and huggable. I say like,
1: with the exception of my niece and nephew, who are the most precious and my similar. Niece, my
2: nieces are the most precious people in the world. But I know that they're but they're teenagers, and I know that actually in school they're just awful people. <laughs> um, and so uh, there's legitimate things that that you know schools need to crack down on and stuff. But when I was a kid, I was taught that. Um, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I came home crying one day from school because some kid called me a name. And that's what my mom told me. And I was so hurt because why didn't my mom take my side on this and and know that I'm good and that whoever that, that person said the bad thing was a bad person. But, that's the solution we need to a lot of these problems is that instead of getting butt hurt over all this stuff, is is to ignore it. Focus on the real problems with when, when sticks and stones when people are shooting people or beating them up. Those are the issues we need to solve.
1: So suck it up, buttercup. There's uh, still De- a lot of... Teach <laughs>
2: children to, be, to empower themselves to ignore things rather than teaching them to be victims.
1: Or find ways that if you disagree perhaps with... Or with security measures, putting in and holding companies liable through other means, not necessarily regulatory rules, but letting them know if you overlooked something that you could be sued for it.
2: Well, see, that, that, that's <coughs> actually a, a wholly separate issue. Uh, back to the IoT things. Most IoT devices that you get these days are white boxed which means they, they don't have a brand on them. There is no vendor to go after to go sue. They were produced by some fly-by-night uh, Chinese company who then shipped a whole bunch of boxes over to some random fly-by-night U.S. retailer who opened an account with Amazon to, to so that the orders are all taken through Amazon.com so you can search for it, find it, buy it, and pay them, and then six months from now, that retailer's gone, that Chinese company's gone, but you've got this white box device. So what do you do? So, so after this camera thing where they took down this whole DDoS, took down Dine, I went and bought a bunch of uh, video cameras. The ones that you sort of attach to your network that are surveillance cameras that record the video of people coming to your door and stuff. I got a whole bunch of them. And they 're all white box company that you you, you can 't sell you can 't regulate you can 't do anything
1: so what is the so then how do you address the issue that came up where through the botnets it caused you know how do we prevent this from happening again
2: well you ignore that issue because you can 't solve it. The only way to do that is just to kill the entire market of cheap electronic devices. If you don't want cheap electronic devices anymore, then, then, then it's okay, I guess. But if you, if you want only GE providing you the, the latest refrigerator that's 20 years out of date in terms of technology the rest of the country, the rest of the world is having, that's what, yeah, if that's okay with you, then regulating this is okay. But, as you can't assume the other side is assuming that if the government does nothing, the problem doesn't get solved. That's a wrong assumption. We already have solved that botnet problem. We solved it in two ways or three ways. One way is that Dyn has changed their network infrastructure. They can now handle a a DDoS of that size. If they if that attack had happened again, they would not be affected. Number two is. That the reason that botnet got so big to do that much power is because one hacker created some new technique that had never been seen before and used it very quickly to build the botnet. Now that's known, you have all the other hackers in the world, all these other hacker groups, and state actors, and everyone else is using the same technique to build the botnet. And what happens is these machines—they can't be um, no permanent changes can be made to them. So every time they reboot, they're back to their original factory settings. And so uh, every time they reboot, then all these different hackers rush to take over that device in order to put their botnet. the The consequence of that is all these botnets now are getting smaller. You had one large botnet that has now. It's over time it keeps getting smaller and smaller and it's smaller. It's been burned. As has been burned. And all these other botnets get bigger. So no bot now is big enough to cause that same attack that happened against Dyn.
1: So basically the industry will solve the problem itself if you give it the latitude to do right. so. And the incentive, be but it a have, financial.
2: They have the incentive. Dyn lost a lot of business, a lot of companies exactly. that were dying customers went to Amazon or Google to do their DNS hosting because Amazon or Google can handle it better. Uh, the DDoS attacks. So they lost a lot of business. They have the business incentives. You know, there's this concept, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called the free market, where things like that happen.
1: But nothing problems, is ever
2: free. Problems solve themselves if you let them. If government just doesn't do anything, the, problem, the problems go. There are People have incentives to solve them, and they, they, they get solved.
1: Well, and one of the things, and we were talking during the break because, uh, Rob, your Tesla is pretty famous. At this point, for various different uh, escapades or road trips. But it, they're silent when they run. We're used to hearing all this noise. And so I ran into a problem or avoided running into a problem in that I did not hear a car on the street that was coming. It was a Tesla. And it, the government did step in in that case and say, okay, you've got to create noise. Right.
2: And Just a few days ago, the NHD, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration um, passed a rule saying that for 19 miles an hour and less, silent cars like my Tesla uh, have to produce a noise unspecified which will notify pedestrians. Apparently, according to their statistics, there's a 20% greater chance that silent cars will get into pedestrian traffic accidents because pedestrians don't hear the cars coming. And... um, That's sort of a valid reason to have governments. It's what we call a market failure, is that the buyer, the seller of the cars have no incentive to not kill pedestrians. And therefore, government can step in. But they did so in the lightest way they could. They didn't say sound at all speeds. They just looked at the numbers and said, well, 19 miles an hour and less is where you're silent. Otherwise, you're noisy. And we're not going to specify what sound you make. We leave it open. We're not, we're not trying to, like, overregulate.
1: So as a final or kind of wrap-up point on where, what direction we should look to, 20 seconds. Go. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Rob is now removed from my trivia team. Uh, and, uh, you know, Rob, we need you to, a a salient point, or is it just stay tuned that?
2: Build fallout shelters.
1: Build fallout shelters. Excellent. Well, thank you, Rob, for joining us. Thank you to America's Web Radio. Thank you to Hall Booth Smith. Tune in next Wednesday from 2 to 3. Find us online. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio.
0: This is America's com. The best in chat radio designed just for you.